You are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material, and before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Hello. Welcome to the Commonwealth Bank Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Joseph Caperso, Head of International and Sustainable Economics. I have with me today Christina Clifton and Carol Kong from the team. Welcome, Christina and Carol. Hi, Joe. Um, I just thought we'd start with you today and um, perhaps you can run through uh, our US economic forecasts. So we have had a change in our forecast for the US economy. We had been expecting a mild recession, but we've changed the outlook now to be forecasting a soft landing for the US economy. Can you run through the key reasons for that change in outlook? Yeah, sure. So um, in brief, the cost cut in the that we expected businesses to do in response to high interest rates um, simply have failed to to come through. Uh, Now, corporate profit margins are still quite elevated, although they have uh, come down a bit from those elevated levels. Um, Also, uh, US fiscal or or budget policy has been really, really stimulatory, and that's supported the US economy. Um, It's quite unusual for this part of the economic cycle for fiscal policy to be so uh, strongly uh, pro-cyclical. And uh, the other reason is that the normalisation of uh, global supply chains have uh, both weighed on inflation and supported uh, output in the US. So uh, those three reasons have uh, encouraged us to uh, say that the US is probably heading for a soft landing. Although based on the... uh, Non-farm payrolls result that we got uh, last week. Um, wonder if you're even getting even a soft landing. It's certainly not a hard landing, uh, but it's looking pretty good in the US right now. Yeah, so overall we are seeing some evidence that the, the US labour market is coming into balance, but we did have that very big lift in US non-farm payrolls for January. Does that change your outlook for the US Fed and, and what they'll do with monetary policy? It certainly changes the risks uh, to our view. So our current view is that the Fed will start cutting the funds rate in May of this year. Uh, Earlier, we thought the the main decision for the Fed was between a March cut and a May cut. But given that really strong um, increase in uh, employment and still um, elevated activity indicators such as GDP, I think now the balance of risks have shifted from it's either a May or a June start to cut rather than a March or May start to cuts. So it has tweaked uh, the balance of risks as opposed to changing when we think they will start cutting. So uh, thanks for that, Christina. Let's uh, bring in Carol to discuss the US's northern neighbour, Canada. So welcome, uh, Carol. Um, Given the strong trade linkages between uh, the US and Canada, which kind of reminds me of the trade linkages between Australia and China. Uh, Does our call for a soft landing in the US have any impacts for uh, our views for the Canadian economy? 
It certainly does, Joe. Um, I think the resilience of the US economy will help Canadian exports and in turn support the broader economy. But on top of that, um, population growth in Canada has been really strong uh, because of strong immigration flows, similar to Australia. So I think that will certainly help Canadian uh, economy. And in fact, we're now Uh, forecasting that the Canadian economy will avoid uh, a technical recession just because of that. But if you strip out population, uh, the Canadian economy is certainly very weak. In fact, uh, its economy has experienced a per capita recession since uh, Q3 of 2022. So as more mortgages reset uh, at a higher level of interest rates, uh, consumers will rein in spending even more and that will drag the economy down further. Uh, as a result, we think that the Canadian economy will grow at a very, very soft rate of 0.4% in 2024. That certainly is uh, weak. What does that mean for our view on the Bank of Canada? So we continue to forecast that the Bank of Canada will start cutting interest rates in April. So if that's the case, that will make it the very first advanced economy central bank to start cutting interest rates. So that has been our long-held forecast. If you just look at the latest monetary policy statement in January, they did remove their tightening bias. So that is another signal that uh, they are inching closer to cutting rates uh, in coming months. And we are still forecasting that they will cut by a total uh, 250 basis points uh, in the upcoming easing cycle. Okay. Um Let's move over to the uh, other side of the world, to China. So in contrast to the rest, to the strength in the US economy, the Chinese economy has been in, well, stuck in a rut since the middle of last year. Uh, now the recent economic data has shown some tentative signs that the government support measures are working. Does this mean that the Chinese economic growth will pick up from last year's 5.2% growth? I think it is very hard for the Chinese economy to top last year's 5.2%. We think that it will perhaps grow by around 5% this year. We have actually penciled in uh, a growth rate of 4.9%. Um, but that is very low by Chinese standards, as you know. Um, and in fact, the Chinese economy is still facing numerous economic headwinds. Uh, the major source of weakness so far in the Chinese economy in the property sector weakness. So despite all the easing measures uh, put in place by the Chinese government, the property sector in China is still very weak and that is keeping consumer confidence and therefore consumption very weak. At the same time, you know, China is also facing deflation. So consumer prices and producer prices are falling. Um, House prices are also falling. So weak demand is likely to persist for a while. And that's why we're expecting the Chinese economy to grow softly by 4.9% this year. And I would also act that Base effects are also uh, becoming more challenging for the Chinese economy this year. So the reason why the Chinese economy was able to grow about 5% was because of a low base of comparison because of COVID disruptions uh, in 2022. For this year, because economic growth has picked up last year, so those base effects will become more unfavorable for the Chinese economy. So it will be very hard for the economy to grow about 5% again this year. Okay, so with that kind of uh, outlook, uh, the government in China has got to step up to the plate. 
as uh, the American baseball uh, fans would say. Uh, what does uh, that mean for fiscal and monetary policy uh, in China? Does it have to become more active? I think the Chinese government will continue to uh, give fiscal policy support for the Chinese economy. But if you are looking for large-scale massive stimulus package, I think you'll be disappointed. In fact, Premier Li just said that the Chinese economy was able to achieve its 5% target without massive stimulus. So that says to us that it has a very little appetite for big stimulus. But infrastructure investment has picked up in China. So that's encouraging and that will help mitigate the weakness in the property sector. I think infrastructure investment can continue to pick up in 2024. Um, last year in late uh, October, the government has approved an additional quota of 1 trillion yuan uh, in treasury bonds to finance infrastructure projects. And about half of the proceeds from that sale are yet to be deployed. And at the same time, we've seen reports that the Chinese government is looking to boost infrastructure spending further by issuing special sovereign bonds. So that is another positive sign that the Chinese government could uh, step up its fiscal stimulus in infrastructure sector. In terms of monetary policy, I think that the PBOC will continue to maintain its accommodative stance. Um, in January, the PBOC announced a 50 basis point cut in the reserve requirement ratio. So that was larger than what we had initially expected, but that is prelude to further monetary easing. And we are expecting... Uh, the PBOC to cut the policy interest rates by 10 basis points in Q1 and Q2 this year. Okay, thanks, Carol. Uh, let's uh, take a short trip over to uh, Japan. Uh, so Japan is shaping up to be an outlier this year. In fact, now that I've said that out loud, I think uh, Japan is almost always an outlier. Uh, but for this year, it's going to be for very different reasons. Uh, it looks like its central bank may raise interest rates for the the first time in a, in a very uh, long time, just when uh, many other central banks in the uh, advanced economies are cutting their interest rates. Can you talk to us about your outlook uh, for the Japanese economy and the Bank of Japan? Yeah, that's right. So even though we're now calling for a soft landing in the US economy, the US economy is expected to slow down and the other advanced economies like uh, in the Eurozone uh, will also exper experience softer growth. So that will weigh on the external sector uh, in the Japanese economy. Um, so demand for Japanese manufactured goods uh, will likely slow. But domestically, things are looking pretty bright at the moment. So uh, corporate margins are looking pretty healthy. Uh, business confidence has also picked up. And both of these factors uh, will bode well for businesses' ability to raise uh, wages for their employees. The most important thing to watch out for is the annual Shinto wage negotiations. We'll likely get the initial outcome in March. So um, given the brighter outlook for uh, the labour market and also the business sector, I think it is likely that we'll get another big wage hike um, and that will in turn fit into a positive cycle between wages and prices and in turn that will give the Bank of Japan confidence that it can meet its sustainable 2% inflation goal. And that is also why we are now expecting the Bank of Japan to hike interest rates in April. 
and we have now uh, forecast a pretty gradual uh, hiking cycle that will take the policy interest rate to 0.5% in July 2025. It uh, seems uh, like it's um, a long way away, July 2025, uh, but uh, it would be um, a real sea change in the global economy if the Bank of Japan really could pull it off a, uh, an interest rate tightening cycle. Thanks, Carol. Uh, let's move over to Christina to uh, discuss Europe. So, Christina, the uh, Eurozone economy has shown more or less no economic growth uh, all of last year, and I think even in, in a bit of uh, 2022 as well. Um, is, this, is this a recession? Yeah, Joe. we have now had um, five consecutive quarters in a row in the Eurozone where we've either had just a very small expansion or a very small contraction. And over the year, Eurozone GDP has expanded by just 0.1%, so basically nothing. Um, but as it happens, we haven't actually had two negative quarters in a row. So the Eurozone hasn't met that definition of an official recession um, it is our base case that we will see a recession in the Eurozone with those two consecutive negative quarters of economic growth just because interest rates are, are very restrictive in the Eurozone at the moment and um, credit standards and lending standards are very tight. Um, but we're forecasting a relatively shallow recession because we are expecting the ECB to begin a rate cutting cycle around the middle of the year and that will provide some support to the economy. It'll probably look a little bit different to a typical recession where we see the unemployment rate lift sharply. Um, we're expecting it to stay relatively low by historical standards, albeit lift from its current uh, very low levels. Yeah, it's been very interesting that in many parts of the developed world, um, unemployment rates have either stayed near record lows or they've gone up only, only a little bit. It's really Canada and New Zealand where... Uh, unemployment rates have gone up uh, materially, but uh, the US and Japan and, and many parts of Europe, they're staying low. So markets are pricing in a high chance of an ECB rate cut from April onwards. Uh, do you agree with that timing? Yeah, we've got a little bit of a later start to the ECB cutting cycle. So we have the first rate cut in our forecasts in June. So the ECB have um, put a lot of emphasis on wages growth. They said they would like to accumulate some evidence that wages growth is coming down before they start cutting interest rates. Um, we think April will be a bit soon for them to be confident on that front because um, the current data is still showing wages growth is quite high. So we think June is a more likely start date for that rate cutting cycle to start. It's amazing that sounds uh, like the complete opposite of what the Bank of Japan saying, where they're saying we're w waiting for the wage data uh, for us to hike, whereas uh, mm -hmm. in Europe it's waiting for the wage data to, to start cutting. Uh, let's uh, sk skip over the, the ditch to, uh, to the UK. Um, the Bank of England still sound relatively hawkish, while other central banks are starting to talk about uh, rate cuts. What is keeping the Bank of England more hawkish? Yes, so we had a very recent meeting from the Bank of England and they are just continuing with their message that they think interest rates will have to stay high for quite some time um, for them to be confident that inflation can come down. 
And um, we have shifted our start time for the first Bank of England rate cut from May to August in our latest update. Um, so we have seen inflation fall in the UK, but if we look at core and services inflation, they're still very high, still well above the Bank of England's 2% target. So we think they would need to see those measures come down a little bit further before they will start on a cutting cycle. Um, there's some evidence that the UK labour market is loosening, but we still got very strong wages growth in the UK. Um, there's also been some issues with the UK labour market data with um, their labour market survey. So the the data on the labour market out of the UK at the moment is a little bit murkier than usual. We don't have as much clarity on, on what's going on there and we think the Bank of England will just want to be a little bit cautious in that backdrop and um, perhaps wait a little bit longer before they start cutting rates. Okay, thank you, um, Christine, and also thank you, uh, Carol, and thank you to our listeners. Uh, if you would like uh, all the details in our report, uh, Global Economic Outlook, the Year of Central Bank Rate Cuts, published on the 31st of January 2024. You can find that uh, on our website, combankresearch.com.au. Thank you very much and bye for now. Mm-hmm.